This is the second of two podcasts documenting our journey from Port Suez to Haggadah, covering the Gulf of Suez. In this episode, we meet an expat who provides us some rather useful information. We anchor in some places rather different to what we've been used to. And we experience some rather heavy weather, which puts both Esper and our relationship to test. Well, we're here, anchored up in the anchorage now, surrounded by, on one side, the Sinai, which should look familiar since we were there only a few days ago, travelling by bus down the, through the desert. And on the other side are the oil rigs, and there are quite a few installations out there. And one of them we overheard on the radio actually communicating with Moody Time, who happened to be sailing past. And it turns out one of the guys working on the rigs, Mark from Brighton, who is a sailor. And he's an expat working on the rigs. So we've been communicating with him. Uh, all the boats on the rally have been taking turns to have a chat with him. And we've just asked for some weather information. So hopefully he should come back soon with some weather. She's very kind of him, very useful. Mercury, Mercury, this is Esper. Please go ahead, Mark. Sam, I've got some uh, weather information uh, for you. Okay, uh, we're ready to go. Okie dokie. Um, the weather looks steady at this wind speed until 12 o'clock tomorrow. After that, it goes up gradually till zero hundred on Friday. It's it's showing thirty knots at the moment. Okay, just to confirm, it's actually showing thirty knots now, is it? Actually, that's the gust speed. It's actually showing twenty-five knots now, which is probably pretty accurate, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty much spot on. That's what we were getting as we were um, on the second half of our leg. So that's going to gradually increase uh, until Friday, is that correct? Yes, it gradually increases till 2400 on Friday. It goes up to 35 uh, midnight Friday. Right, OK. So guess we should try and be in Hagada by then. Yeah, after that's the peak, so it's not showing any higher than that. Then it starts to tail off. Uh, decreasing steadily until it reaches 20 knots on uh, Sunday. Okay, that's great. Um, did everyone else copy that? Still dreaming gets a copy. Thank you, Mark, very much. That's <laughs> uh, no problem, no problem at all. Uh, Mark, this is Rep 2. Uh, same direction, please. Is, uh, is it the steady direction? Yes, it is. Uh, it's showing north-northwesterly. Occasionally, it goes northerly, uh, just for a short time. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Okay, thanks for that, Mark. That's pretty much what we suspected, although we weren't really aware of it actually increasing, but the direction is almost as important as the wind speed for us, so uh, appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's no problem. It's very, very unusual if the wind blows the other way here. Uh, it's probably only a handful of days a year when the wind blows the other way. Thanks very much for that, and thanks for your time, Mark. OK, don't have a too bumpy a night.
today was a pretty damn good sale, is all I can say. Jamie reckons it's the best sale he's ever had, and that's saying something, because he's done 12,000 miles, which is about 11,000 miles more than me. And I have to say, it's the best sale I've certainly ever had. We hit 10 knots, which we've never done before, skidding down the uh, some of those big waves. We caught a tuna, which I was really hoping we would manage to do on this trip, and we've done it in the first week. And we saw dolphins. So, I mean, it was pretty... It was great. And we just um, did some mathematics and we got back and discovered that we averaged over six knots the whole way, so we got here two hours earlier than predicted. Uh, generally, it's been, it's been great. Right, Skipper, tell me what you think. Tell me what you thought of that sail then. Go on then, tell uh, me. <laughs> well, look, the logbook says it all, OK? Seven o'clock, weigh anchor. Uh, 9.25, engine off, broad reach. 9.40, 9.1 knots. 10 o'clock, 9.8 knots. 10.40, tuna caught. 11.30, 10.1 knots. 12 o'clock, 12, uh, 10.7 knots. Uh, 12.15, dolphins. And 13.20, at anchor. And as you said, um, well before our expected time. That's why we left so early, because we thought we were going to be taking at least another couple of hours to get here. So anyway, the logbook says it all, and uh, as I've written in great big capital letters, best sale ever. <laughs> and what are we going to have for dinner tonight, then? Mm, I wonder. I think it's going to be barbecue tuna steaks. Oh, what a good idea. And you know what we can have with it? Um, tuna salad? No, we're going to drink my last bottle of birthday wine that I got from Tim. Oh, wonderful. What a treat. Yeah, I think we deserve it. Absolutely. It was great. I loved it. Fantastic. And so we've only got um, three more days now before we need to get to Hagada. So tomorrow we're going to do a similar length journey down the Sinai coast and one night there and then head over to Endeavour where we might stay for two nights and then we will head over to Hagada. Weather forecast is it's getting a little stronger. The winds are getting stronger but they're coming from the same angle. So we will have the wind right behind us which means poling out the Genoa and preventing the main and goose ringing. If you don't know what that means and look it up. If you do know what it means you know it can be really good fun. <laughs> so <laughs> going to sign off now. Well, I have to say, I have never been in an anchorage like this. It's, um, it's a little bit different to what we've been used to on the Turkish coast. I, I don't really know how to describe it. The approach uh, we had to uh, navigate through some disused oil rigs and then through uh, a spit or an underwater shoal where you could just see the waves breaking and it was a little bit hairy I mean having done it now of course it's uh, it was quite straightforward but when you approach places like this for the first time it um, can be rather disconcerting when you don't quite know what to expect of course the weird thing is is that we are still probably two miles offshore so as I sit here at anchor facing north pointing into the wind to my right, on my starboard side, is the uh, Sinai. And probably some little villages that are based around the oil industry that we drove past the other week when we went to see St. Catherine's Monastery. And on my port side, on my left, towards the, uh, the low sun in the sky, are many, many oil installations, lots of oil rigs. 
and of course the other rally boats. Well, we were sailing in probably two metre waves and up to 25 knots of wind, and well, this anchorage is protected. Uh, we don't have those kind of uh, waves, but it's very bouncy. Very, very bouncy. And in fact, moody time, I think, have had enough and they've gone on to the next anchorage. It's just a very strange sight seeing all these little breaking waves all around us and just being surrounded by industry. And every now and then, a little tugboat goes past or a helicopter flies overhead. Very odd, very, very strange. Left Raz Sharatib this morning, just before 8 o'clock, and we were hailed by our friend Mark on the oil rig Mercury to say farewell and to wish us the best for our journey. Turns out Mark lives near Rye in Sussex, and nobody I know lives in Rye in Sussex apart from my mum. What a small world. Well, we've left the weirdest anchorage we've ever stayed in uh, because there was no land around us. We appeared to be in open sea and yet there was only a couple of metres below us. Um, 20 knots of wind blowing at us all night. We managed to sleep pretty well. And we're now on to our next port of call, another anchorage along the Sinai coast. And it seems that a pattern is developing, Esther leaves, as I look at the way the wind is performing, decides to put up the cruising chute. Liz gets on the helm. Jamie then spends half an hour trying to put the cruising chute up because, to be honest with you, it is not the easiest thing to do. By the time he got ready to put it up yesterday, we had 20 knots of wind, which is really a little too much, so he couldn't put it up. Today, we managed to put the cruising chute up while I was helming, and we got an extra knot, which was great. Jamie then helmed and lost it. And the wind went up, so the cruising chute came down again. And like yesterday, we are now running goose wing, achieving seven knots or so, and having a really great time with the most spectacular, spectacular sand dune mountains to our left on the Sinai, and oil platform after oil platform to our right. It's great, we're really loving it. running goose wing um, I don't even know what day it is now I'm so full up from my dinner last night very very rich tuna very very rich bottle of wine very rich chocolate bouncy anchorage and this morning my tummy's feeling a little bit delicate however we have just overtaken Rumdu, Storm Dodger um, Akayam and we're about to overtake Cobble. But of course it's not a race, is it? It's not a race. It's just a nice cruise. Just as long as we come in first, that's all. <laughs> I am joking. But basically we have got... Uh, we're pulled out again, so we're running Gooseswing, which means we're once again doing six to seven knots. And the other guys just taking a bit easier, just with their, uh, their foresails out, so a little bit slower. And the Sinai... On our port side, it's looking fantastic in the afternoon sun. Dear 21 on Sealing Yacht Espa. And we've arrived at our third anchorage, which is called Sheikh Ria Harbour. 
Shake Your Money Maker. And basically it is a little area of sea tucked behind a rather dangerous shoal of coral. Uh, but it gives us plenty of shelter from the waves. Uh, not a great deal of shelter from the wind, but we don't have waves here. It's nice and flat. All very pretty and turquoise and green. And in the distance, just uh, sand. It is the Sinai Desert, after all. So just sand, sea and sun on D21. There's no stopping our Jamie, who is the first in the water, yet again. In fact, he is the only person in the water in Shake Rear Harbour. He's loving it. He's good at swimming, Jamie. Well, I'm here down inside Esper on the 27th of November. Sounds very quiet, doesn't it? Perhaps in the distance you can just hear the trickling of the water against the hull. Or maybe the uh, the wind blowing in the rigging. Well, it may sound like it down here that it's quiet, but I tell you what, that's not what's going on up here. Well, up here we have. I'm going to have to put this inside my jumper. Up here. We have 20 knots of wind, which has uh, actually decreased from what we've just been sailing in. And any sailor out there will know that if we've wind has decreased to 20 knots, then we were obviously having some fun out there. Well, the truth is, we were getting over 35 knots at one point. It was actually gusting gale force. So in terms of the uh, Beaufort scale, that's F7 gusting F8. Boy, did we have a ball. And if the other day was the best sail that we've had, then this one is certainly the uh, biggest test that we've had, both in terms of uh, Esper's performance and also uh, Liz and my teamwork. Uh, we had uh, well over three metre waves. We had uh, almost 30 knots consistent at one point. We were hitting over 10 knots. Uh, with just a scrap of sail out, it was all a bit hairy. Um, but to add to the problem was that we had to cross a shipping channel as well, so that uh, made it all the more a little bit more complex. Complex isn't the right word, is it? Um, fill your pants, I think, is the expression I'm using. Anyway, I'll stop recording now, and we need to navigate our way just around Bluff Point, and we'll be coming into Endeavour Harbour, uh, where we should be meeting some of the other boats from the rally. And I think a well-owned beer is in order. Well, it's Sunday the 29th of November, 10.30 in the morning, and we've just left Endeavour Harbour, had a nice relaxing couple of days there, and we even managed to do a bit of snorkelling as well, and for the first time, actually something worth seeing. The waters are warm enough to swim, despite the fact it's almost December in just uh, swimming trunks, which is great. Anyway, we're heading off to Hagada now. Mum and Dad will be flying out in a couple of days' time to come and visit. So we're going get, to get to the marina, wash down both ourselves and the boat, and uh, 
hook up with some old friends as well. It's rather more sedate today than it has been the last few days in terms of sailing. Just a nice gentle force three to four northwesterly, just pushing us along gently at five knots. Tavanti in front and her garden marina about two hours away. We're here, we've arrived, we're in Hagada Marina. It is a stunning place, uh, let no one tell you otherwise. Beautiful colours, gorgeous, lightest turquoise sea in the marina itself and surrounded by really pretty taupe and gingery coloured buildings and quite a few yachts here. So it's great, we're really pleased to be here. Um, we had a bit of a sail today, it wasn't the, the fastest of sails so far but a nice gentle breeze took us across just over four hours from Deva. Um, we're just overjoyed to be here. Going out for a drink now. So you've had your drink, you've, uh, you've been here in the marina for a couple of days now. Uh, I haven't calculated exactly how many miles we've done from Suez to Hagada. It's probably around about 200 and that's taken us the best part of about a week. So Liz, what was the highlight of the 200 miles you've just done in the Gulf of Suez? Oh gosh, I don't think I can choose one thing really. It was great going really, really fast. Um, it was great catching the tuna. It was interesting staying in very different anchorages to the anchorages we've stayed in in, in Turkey. Uh, no cliffs around us, no greenery of any kind. But I think for me, what I've, what I've realised in this last week is that there are two things about myself that I hadn't realised before. One is that I'm completely mad about fishing. <laughs> I can't stop fishing, even when we're anchored somewhere and it, interestingly for me that I actually do like going fast uh, I like the sailing and I think it probably comes from my love of skiing and motorbiking and fast cars and and yeah I just like going fast yeah what didn't really come across in our recording was the uh, the, the two days after that when we had the force sevens gusting force eights Obviously, we were too preoccupied with actually handling the boat to do any recording, but that was possibly one of the most exhilarating experiences I have ever been through. It was a real challenge, uh, taking control of Esper and getting her through safely through the shipping channel. And, of course, the ships didn't help either, with ships coming in both directions. And there was one very... It wasn't a near miss, but it was, um, it was a close call. 
and I had to radio through and have a chat with the skipper, and that that was quite hairy. That was a uh, fill your pants moment, as I called it. <laughs> um, and of course, the other highlight has to be catching the tuna. It was only a baby tuna; it's only mm. two and a half kilos, but it fed us one evening, and it fed uh, another six people the next evening. So, yeah. Go on then. Yeah, just talking about that day when we were reaching 35 knots of wind and, and quite big seas. It could have been quite scary, but it wasn't, because we both felt, I think, that Esper was acquitting herself very well. And it's, it's given us more confidence in ourselves and in our boat. And I think we are learning every day. We're, we're learning more and more. And we're very happy so far with how the boat's performed, and we realised that the sail plan that the boat came with is probably the right one, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. It's a uh, long-distance, set up for long-distance cruising, and obviously that's what we're doing now. I think I used to get frustrated with it on the Turkish coast when you'd get a light breeze and we'd get overtaken by all these little lightweight uh, coastal hopping boats. But now that we're in the open water and we've got some strong winds, she is performing exceedingly well. Esper coped well in 30 odd knots of wind but we do have to remember of course the waves were behind us mm. which is a little bit more comfortable they do say that the Red Sea is one of the worst seas to actually go up and I can see that because every now and then we would look behind us wouldn't we and we'd look at some of those waves that were following us and we'd comment on what it must be like to be going in the other direction. Yeah pretty horrible because they're all breaking so white horses doesn't enter into it like white elephants I'd say much bloody great uh, waves, huge great crests on them, um, coming straight at you. That would be pretty horrible. Yeah, I don't think I'd like to do that at all. No. Millie, do you want to say something? <coughs> this podcast was brought to you by followtheboat.com. <coughs>